Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That Davis Show, I am your host, Kenneth Davis. We come to you this morning, me, an executive producer of That Davis Show and Flippin' Friends, one Ryan Bukovsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. And follow me at That's Davis on all social media sites. I usually try to gobble that up before somebody can steal my ish. Uh, but we got a lot to get into. Uh, definitely, I'm going to hit you with some fire off-top topics. We definitely have to talk about Super Bowl LV. Uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady, getting his seventh ring out of 11 attempts, which is astounding to tell you, say the least. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, being beaten to a pulp, basically, by that front seven of uh, the Buccaneers front. And also, definitely, we have to talk about the Bears perhaps taking on Carson Wentz. If they uh, are, I would say, foolish, depending on how much they give up. Uh, or if he will end up with the Colts and his old uh, offensive coordinator. They'd right. be foolish if they give anything up. They, they got to give up something. You got to give up a little something. You know what I'm saying? You got to show them a little leg. You know what I'm saying? You got to show them a little something. They got to give up something. But if they, and we'll get into that a little later, depending on what they're what they're talking about giving up. And I guess also using the parameters of that mass staff for trade to the Los Angeles Rams. I think we have to also kind of look at that, especially when we're talking about and quarterbacks from the same draft when we're talking about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and guys who ended up getting huge extensions and how those extensions factor into compensation with the team that's taking on those big contracts. But one, we definitely have to go off top. Off oh, top? Listen, with this off top, I saw this this morning, and it's uh, this simple, uh, this, this, this pickup truck sat there and went off on the interchange in Wisconsin and it ended up on uh, I-94. And listen, I'd be remiss not to, not to put this joint on and let you all see what happened. Homie, homie came in a little too hot. Oh, no. Oh no 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 no! To say the least. Oh no! Do you do you see that a person ended up a I ninety five breathing fine? But look how hot he came in right there on that ramp, in exchange ramp, dog. That's seventy feet right there. He's only breathing fine because he landed it. Right. That's seventy feet right there. And when I first read it, I'm like, oh, this person had to land in like a whole bunch of snow or something, right? Because I got into an accident on 57 where I gunted in the middle and ended up getting trapped in the snow. Instead of hitting a car, there was right a couple cars that were in front of me that had turned uh, parallel because they were on ice or whatever. But when I saw that this morning, I thought the person landed in the snow and see that they landed just right on uh, the shoulder of the road on I-94. To you, my friend, because you 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 lucky as hell. Now I don't know why you took that ramp as hot as you took that ramp. All right, because you were hitting it on a ramp that was icy as you know what. But I had to put that up into the off top, giving us a little bit of levity to go into a little bit of tragedy. Uh, I had mentioned, if I mentioned on, I think I mentioned on this show Saturday during the flip, the flipping friends. I mentioned that Marty Schottenheimer had went into hospice. And uh, from having to deal with my grandmother, um, who, who, uh, who passed from uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, 
uh, whatsoever you want to call it. I remember she went into hospice. And, you know, when someone goes into hospice, basically the, the hospice facility issue with like, you know, the, a, no a, a no resuscitation, you know, like, you know, this is hospice. We're just here to help them transition easily. And I remember that my grandmother had gotten so healthy that the hospice people had came to the house and they was like, yeah, we got to take off the hospice. She's not, she's not about to die, right? So, and, and saying that when Marty Schottenheimer went into hospice, now he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I believe in, in uh, 2017. When he went into hospice, I was hoping that it would be longer. Like I said, it was this Saturday. Uh, he passed uh, this morning or last night at the age of 77, 21 years coaching in the NFL, playing six to, six to eight, playing as a linebacker. I remember Marty Schottenheimer as the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, finally. Uh, definitely also with uh, the Chargers when LeDamian uh, was there. And the thing that, made, that stood out to me is I remember the period when uh, Joe Montana had, had had went there after the 49ers decided they were going to go with Steve Young because Montana had been injured uh, the last couple of seasons. And uh, Marcus Allen was there because people didn't know Marcus Allen had fallen on the outs with Al Davis. And Al Davis was basically one when Bo Jackson was healthy. He was using him at fullback, I believe, back then. But also he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing Marcus Allen. So he wasted like two or three years of Marcus Allen's career. So Marcus Allen ends up going there at the same time as Joe Montana. And I remember how Marcus Allen was still good. And he, he played there long, but he made a play two, one or two seasons after Montana. Because Montana only played there two seasons after Montana had retired. But I remember that Marcus Allen was just still in touchdowns. And I can't remember the running back that they had. Uh, I believe his name was, I don't know if it was like Bimbo. I forget, forget the running back's name. But Shorty would run the 80 yards, basically. Well, not even that. He would run 90 yards. And when they got into the goal line, Marcus Allen was the goal line back. So he put on like 25, 30 touchdowns that he didn't have to run the length of the field to get, right? But when he got right then it was like, here come Marcus still in this, this touchdown right here. But I remember that. And uh, definitely I remember him with Daniel Thompson. And I, I, wish, uh, I wish the best to his family. Uh, his son, unfortunately, just got released by the uh, Seahawks. I forgot where he got picked up. He's going to be a passing game coordinator. I forgot where he got picked up, but we wish the best to the Schottenheimer family. Yeah, so, old Marty had a lot of uh, unfortunate playoff defeats. Feel bad. Yeah, yeah dude. He was, um, and I'm not saying uh, uh, scheme-wise, but he was Andy Reid before Andy Reid finally broke through last year, really. Yeah. You know, we really were talking about Andy with Philadelphia, how many losses they had in the championship game in the NFC that one year they popped through when Terrell was hurt, Terrell Owens was hurt and uh, Brady beat them. I think that was Brady's. So that was Brady's second or third. I believe it was his third. Yeah. I think that was his third. Cause that time Brady was balling out. It wasn't like the first couple where it was the defense and uh, Vinatieri that was really doing the majority of the work. Uh, but listen, another thing that stood out to me that uh, I was concerned about is it has to involve COVID going off top. Uh, the AstraZeneca, the, 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 the UK, vaccine, which I think the efficacy is like about 60 some percent, but they've shut down using it in South Africa because it's really not working against the variant that's popping up there. Now I had hopes for the AstraZeneca because this one does it the old fashioned way with the, the weakened virus that maybe, okay, let me get the old school one instead of getting the, the mess with my DNA with the RNA, right? So now, because because you, you gotta fight that South African one, right? Now. Coming probably. <laughs> I can't even use my AstraZeneca. Oh. 
till we got the AstraZeneca. The AstraZeneca's coming over here. And now to know that you, and I was going to settle for less efficacy when you're looking at the RNA with the Pfizer and with the Moderna that are all the way in the nineties. I was going to settle for that just because it was the old way instead of them messing with the good old DNA. Uh, but no, I'm going to probably end up having to take the, uh, the RNA one and mutate. So it is what it is, I guess. Back to the old vaccine drawing board for that business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When I saw when I saw the one last night, they was like, "Yeah, the South African joint is is too strong." Too I strong. imagine the rest of the family in lab coats, and there's the traditional chalkboard full of equations, <laughs> and then you just come in. Back to the board. We can't use AstraZeneca. <laughs> They're just erasing furiously. <laughs> All right. Last off top before we jump into the body. Um, it's parents with remote learning watching their mouths. So I was just doing remote learning with my daughter 30 minutes ago. Right. And all of a sudden you hear some parents scream out, shut the F up. <laughs> Everybody. The teacher's like, and all the students are kind of like, now, Kelsey's not paying as much attention. They all in chorus start singing, fuck, fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> the pair scream something else. And then two to three minutes later, you hear, what the F are y'all doing? Put your headphones on. And this little kid in her class, it wasn't this, this wasn't where the, the disturbance was coming from. He looked traumatized. He was sitting there like, <laughs> and I'm like this, like, and Kelsey's like, what, Dad? And I don't want to be like, you know, yeah, oh, cursing like this. But you have to watch your mouth. Now, I too, I haven't, I don't, I haven't gotten cur- called cursing, but I've, I've gotten called because uh, I forgot to mute it. Really getting on her about standing between the lines and not doing it correctly. Because sometimes Kelsey wants to do what Kelsey wants to do. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do whatever. And it's like, no, we're learning. You have to do it this way. Your lowercase has to start here, you know. And I got on her, and I can be, you know, like, let's go. Right. And I didn't, I looked and I was like, oh, that, that bad boy wasn't muted. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it can happen to a lot of us, but I try not to swear, uh, kind of treated like a hot mic uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, I try not to swear. I know we were having a parent teacher conference. Kelsey's uh, teacher, her lead teacher, uh, transitioned to a new job. She, she went, once she saw they was going back in school, she was like, I ain't going back in there with these damn kids, right? She went and got another gig, right? And um, we were talking to her and after they made a comment, like, yeah, I, know, I hope you didn't hear me. When something, something. She's like, oh yeah, don't worry, I muted you, you know what I'm saying, whatever, whatever, because one day she was really getting on it. This was months and months ago. But the message is just watch your mouth when you're doing remote. Don't especially be mindful that these kids are on there with other kids. And sometimes the way you talk in your house, you definitely should be talking uh, when these kids are doing remote. You probably got to need to watch cursing that hard, hard at them with regularity in the first place. Not to say that sometimes they don't deserve it, but you got to be mindful. They shorties. So yeah, I, hey, mad points taken away from you. You uh, went through broadcasting school. You should always know a mic could be hot. You're right. You're right. I should. I, I should have. You know. But it's it's one of those things. You're at home. You lack. I'm gonna assume the the effort in the class is not a, a broadcasting. It's trained. Maybe. <laughs> she be on social media. Learn the rule. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. But listen. Definitely, we had Super Bowl LV. Um, I think Ron. Who did you take? I took Tampa. Who did you take? I think I just took the Chiefs. I was very, 
I was going back and forth a lot. I liked a lot of things for the Bucks, and I just felt that the Chiefs were going to play a lot better than they did. Yeah. Um, I, I'll even say this. I'm not taking anything away from the Bucks of victory. But once we knew that both of the tackles for uh, Kansas City Chiefs were not going to play in the game, it was a wrap. If you had been watching out, if you had been watching the last alone, three games alone from the Bucks and what their front seven was doing pressure wise, it was no way in hell that Patrick Mahomes with no tackles, one tackle, he would have had a chance. No tackles, it wasn't going to happen. I'll still say this they should have scored more than that, even with no tackles. You know, I'm saying? shout out of the end zone. Yeah, you know, you should score more than that with uh with with, with no tackles. But Do you I think mean, uh, another problem was for some reason Andy Reid gave Matt Nagy the play calling duties for the Super Bowl? Because <laughs> they didn't want to run the ball whatsoever to help out Patrick Mahomes. They didn't want to do anything different to help out Patrick Mahomes. I heard on a lot of different sports shows and just breaking it down how very little that they did any type of max protect or keeping guys in for that extra protection. I, I thought the definitely not having both tackles is the big story, but a side story to that is kind of just how little Andy Reid adjusted to that. He just put guys out of position. That was I, that. I, I question Andy Reid and Eric Bien and me. Uh, and then I question myself with how much could they do, you know, but I, I agree with you. You had to make some changes but I guess when you're asking them to do something they haven't done, even though yeah, two weeks to get ready for this, to go with what you're saying, to go into some max protect. Uh, but it's so late in the year. Like I, I feel like if this was during the year where players have been let go from their teams and maybe you can take a run, you know what I'm saying, on a guy, just a guy, you know what I'm saying, to be like, listen, I just need yeah. you to let him gel, kind of like what happened with the Bears offensive line this year, where for a minute it was hot, hot garbage. You know what I'm saying? But then when you saw when they, they put Barr where he needed to be, when uh, 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 Mustafer really started getting at the center and wh- how well they gelled and helped Mitch, now they were sorry teams, but they got a chance to, 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 be, to, to become a cohesive unit. And you couldn't do that with what happened in the short time span with with uh, with Kansas City. But I, I'm with you. You should have protected Patrick. Now, once you saw that the, the early in the first quarter that it was going to be scramble, run your ass for your life, it was like this is not sustainable. And this kid's going to get. I thought the kid. I'm like this kid's going to get hurt today, right? Like you, did that, you uh, hear the next gen stat with him running around? Uh, uh-uh, what was it? He ran for a total of like 495 yards in dropbacks and running I was around. Dropbacks, you had to be in dropbacks, and that was ridiculous. like it, it was counting everything before he threw it. It was the most by any quarterback in any next gen level stat game since 2016 when it started. 495 yards before he even threw the thing. And that goes back on Andy Reid and Eric Bienemy. You know, like you you have to switch so, like even during the game. When it got to the point where your, your quarterback is bailing backwards and throwing off his back foot while guys are basically almost hanging on him, you have to switch it up if you want a chance to win this game. Um, and it, listen, but shout out to Bruce Arians and, and, and Tom Brady. Uh, Bruce Arians is finally top bowls. Top, definitely, definitely top bowls. And the diverse, the diverse staff that they have down there uh, in Tampa Bay, the most diverse staff in the NFL. Um, listen, they did what they had to do. At one point, they, they gave the reins to Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know what? Here, you've, you've been here, not just been here, you've lived here. What do we need to do? 
You know what I'm saying? And when you saw having someone of that caliber with that experience, uh, with that know-how and skill, he still has still has a nice spin on the ball uh, with the, the accoutrement of, 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 of skilled players around him. Man, hats off to him. And I, I'll say this too. Um, one of the questions I know um, from when I did uh, Man of Mondays with Sean Davis um, was a question that the past, one of the pastors on there asked was, if um, if 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry, I was blanking out. If Patrick Mahomes loses, can he ever be the goat? And I, my thought now, and I mentioned it then, they have to face up against Tampa next year, because if you face, like, let's just say Tom Brady plays three more seasons, right? And that last season, they face Tampa, and they beat Tampa. That doesn't count because by the end, man, it's kind of like. John Elway when um, Terrell Davis was doing all the work, you know what I'm saying, to a certain degree. You know, it's it's not the same. Like, you, I, I still see that Tom Brady having another year to two years, maybe definitely a year of still being at this athletic peak. I'm not saying that he's athletic, but, you know, he's, he still has the skill to get the ball where he wants to get it. Um, so, I don't mean – and that's 7-2. I mean, it's, it's hard. You got to put just respect on that man's name, uh, to say the least. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. Uh, unless he gets another shot, and he would, he, he would have to go on such a run uh, to to omit the head to head loss, you know. And the head to head loss was a bludgeoning, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, and listen, I'm the Patrick Mahomes guy, I'm the baby go guy, you know what I'm saying? So don't take it like I, I'm leaving Patrick Mahomes. I'm faithful when it comes to my Patrick Mahomes, um, but. I have to be honest to my girl. You know, if that's we're in a relationship, I got to be honest to Patrick. Be like, "Yo, girl, got you." Beyonce, Beyonce, got you, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, little Riri, if he's Riri, but Beyonce caught you on that. She caught you slipping. I mean, uh, what's going to happen for Patrick? I think best case in terms of the goat conversation is you know Tom is going to retire within the next couple of years, and we know we're going to have a long time of. Patrick Mahomes, assuming that he stays healthy, we're going to get at least what a decade. And in that decade, there's going to be so many years, so many, so many games, so many like prolific moments that there's going to be a generation of people that never saw Tom Brady. And they're not going to care whatsoever about Tom Brady. They're going to care about Patrick Mahomes and call him the goat and say, he's the greatest of all time. And maybe that's kind of a Fox goat a little bit, maybe you kind of compare it to like LeBron and MJ. Cause you mm-hmm. would definitely say the younger generation would. Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Right. People didn't care. Yep. Yeah, people didn't care. Even when, before Tom Brady got his four ring, people didn't see Joe Montana. We're talking about all yeah. time. I mean, the majority, I should say, wasn't saying that. And I, that's a perfect example too. So overall though, I think that this kind of just puts it to bed. Like Tom, I mean, one thing that I think it's so overlooked with Jordan is just his will to win. And Mm. a lot of people just kind of like, oh, yeah, he had a great will. Like, no, when you as an athlete can basically decide I'm not going to lose. And not that Tom is in the same vein of Michael, because I don't Mm. think he has that same dominance. But Tom wins and he matters and he gets that locker room up. Those intangibles really matter with Tom and he has enough. And you saw, like, I was amazed. Like, he was bulleting some of those throws at 43 and he still looks pretty dang good. And when you have those intangibles that never fade, I mean, I was impressed. I was really impressed with Tom. No, you got to give that man his props. 
on winning in life, uh, but just outstanding. Like you said, the zip. And I, I was talking to one of my partners who's a big Tom Brady fan. Uh, back when I was a, 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 a paid man fan, he was a Tom Brady guy. And I was talking to him about a week and a half ago. And I still don't think after Carson Palmer had got his knee hurt, people give Tom Brady props for having one of the prettiest at the time deep balls in the NFL. Because coming in, he wasn't known as being a guy with a big arm. But man, and we've seen that with players growing in strength, arm arm talent wise in NFL. His deep ball for at least maybe a decade was the, the prettiest in the NFL off that play action. You know what I'm saying? It was it was it was pretty. And you still, like I was saying earlier, see the, the spin that he gets off of it and just the accuracy that he has at times. Um, but yeah, you should definitely shout out to him. And you look, you see BA got him one, Antonio Brown got one. How the hell Antonio Brown jumped back in the league and still got him a ring, (laughs) right? It was not that long ago we were doing the John Gruden Antonio Brown video. Dude, all the stuff that has transpired since that trade to the Raiders, right, ending up with Tom Brady in, uh, in, uh, in, in, I would say Boston, New England, in New England with the Patriots, messing up there, calling out Robert Kraft, right, getting in more-ish, Right, and then finally getting back into the league, and now, and, and you would think the, the the duration that Antonio Brown had with the Steelers that he was long enough to win a ring because in our lifetime they've been to the Super Bowl at least four times. Right, they they went twice with Coward, they went twice with uh, Tomlin. Right, they won one time with both coaches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because they went with Cordell Stewart, and then they went with Ross, Roethlisberger. No, they went with Cordell Stewart. Then and he then the won. With, just then Roethlis. he run with Roethlisberger. This is before Roethlisberger was good against Seattle, and then Roethlisberger went with Tomlin, and then he lost to Green Bay the the year that uh, what, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got his or whatever. But you only one. You would think the point that I'm trying to say is that AB was there long enough to get one, and he wasn't. This is his first Super Bowl ring that he got, he acquired. Go ahead. Isn't it kind of crazy? Like Pat Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers has been to one. Right. That, listen, Brett Favre only went to two. Uh, Dan Marino only went to one. True. You know, like when you when you really look at it, but in I the mean, age of quarterback, and he sometimes tries to sneak into this go talk with like the greatest physical uh, like quarterback and maybe the greatest accuracy of a quarterback, but he just doesn't have the same intangibles. It doesn't seem like that Tom has, cause he can't find his way. And it's not always been his fault. I mean, like when the Seattle NFC championship and they fumble like the onside kick, I guess you can't put that on Aaron Rodgers, but he's one and four in the NFC championship games. Look at Drew Brees. Like it's not a gift like that, and that let's let's say play the suit that puts more impetus on what Tom Brady has done, right? right? And then you can say yeah, Belichick, and definitely Belichick has a large a, a large part in this. If it's it's not as fifty fifty, I think it's a bit more like a 45-40. Brady. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I well, think we right. do know that players matter the most, not that they matter the most, and the front office don't matter in but, constructing teams. And also, just remember that they were they were cap strung in New England. All right, they they didn't have, so they couldn't go out and get the players that Brady needed. Also, bad drafting with uh, what, what Nico Harding or whatever his name is, the receiver that they drafted. I believe that was the draft with uh, with Brown and a couple. And uh, what's the receiver up there? Uh, uh, this come from the bloodlines in uh, Seattle. What's the um, oh DK? 
Metcalf? Metcalf, yeah. Eric Metcalf. Ter- Terrence Metcalf. Yeah, well, we that's, we don't think about Terrence. We think about the other, like Eric, and I think Eric's father and his uncle were, were in the big in the NFL too. But I remember Eric Metcalf for being a, a can do it all back for the Cleveland Browns back in the days before. I did. Like, I have a soft spot for Terrence Metcalf because he was on a lot of Bears teams that were bad with a lot of bad offensive linemen. And he would <laughs> he'd work his ass off and actually play okay for a bad offensive lineman. So, uh, but that in that draft, he went and got the wrong receiver. And I'm talking about Bill Belichick. So you didn't help Tom Brady then. Um, but so it's definitely props to, to Belichick. But I mean, when you look at what Brady, Brady, listen, he went to a team that was stocked and even brought more talent when you bring in Antonio Brown and Grunk and you force them to draft a tackle uh, to protect you, you know, in the first round. But still, you, when you go to a team and in the first year you won the Super Bowl, man, that, you got to get props to, to Tom Brady and what Tom Brady did. You know what I'm saying? Also, you, you're changing that environment and also implementing some of the offense that you succeeded with in uh, in, 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 in uh, New England. So even more props and respect to Brady just, man, being a stellar, a stellar all-time perennial goat you know like it's I, it's gonna be real hard if we being legit that somebody can, even regardless of them being um physically greater it's gonna be hard like you do you got to get about five now to be honest with you you got to get about five four i don't think four is enough you got to get around five to get into this rare air and then we can add in if you were just physically greater but you, you gotta have to get around five man because you do have seven of them and it's the modern era this isn't like he got seven in the seventies or like the sixties. <laughs> right. You know, I was reading this article and uh, I was reading this article about uh, Sid Luckman that was in the Athletic this morning, right? And it was just talking about the T formation and how uh, uh, Sammy Ball, uh, quarterback for Washington, had told him who was a better passer. Uh, as Papa Bear said, uh, George Hallis, but uh, that Sid Luckman was all around better quarterback. And Sid, Sid Luckman wasn't the fastest and didn't have a strong arm, but he, he the system protected him because he didn't want to play professional football for the salary and get his brains beat in as a running back. Uh, but just it's, but, but Sammy Ball told Sid Luckman it's going to take you two years to master the system, and it took him two years. But after that, he won four Super Bowls, uh, and, and it's still uh, – Championships. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Championships. They don't count. <laughs> they don't count. You're right. They don't count. They, they don't, don't. They're, they're meaningless. <laughs> right? they're it meaningless. sucks. The Bears right? would be like way up there, but they don't count. No, they don't count. Uh, but it was just still, it was just, it was, it was just interesting uh, to, to, to take in that article, especially when it goes, and I know in a second we're going to talk about the Carson Wentz thing, but to look at what Brady did and bringing his offense down there and basically getting Bruce Arians to finally, Bruce Arians alluded to when he said, you know, I just let him coach. Just, I mean, I didn't understand in some ways why, and I know Brady needed to switch up because the switch up and the change can benefit you too as you take in new information, but you had Brady, man. Let Brady do Brady. You can't play, uh, no risk it, no biscuit, twenty four seven with a forty three year old quarterback, and the quarterback is still healthy. Do what do do what best fits him is what you need to do, and what's what they finally did. And to go along with that front seven on defense is just crazy. And as you said, two top bowls. And I, I I thought about this because when we we're on our text thread, and I remember Melvin was talking about. I believe Bowles is sense of, about getting a job. And I was like, man, are all the jobs? Because people keep talking about the job. All the jobs are snatched up. I mean, unless someone is going to get fired from one of these teams. But all the jobs, basically, <laughs> as far as if you're going to a head coach. Andy Reid, you're out of here. Right. All the Big jobs. loser. Snatched, but listen, Todd Bowles should definitely get a job. I mean, get 
Todd Bowles should get a job next season, uh, next offseason. And if anything, he should be the guy to replace Bruce Arians because what? Bruce Arians should have what? Maybe one or two more seasons. He he said he wasn't long for it anyway. He got his ring the first year. Like now Bruce Arians should be like, man, I'm good, good. You know what I'm saying? Like now I can go rest. I believe he said his mother, um, and I think she may be in her 90s, told him that, you know, get back out there after he had sat there and, uh, and left the Cardinals due to health issues. So uh, definitely shout out to Bruce Arians uh, for Tom Brady bringing you a rank. <laughs> Damn. Damn Bidwells. I believe it's the Bidwells. What's the owners of the, um, I forget the, I know the car, I may be confusing the Cardinals. Owners yeah, I think the Cardinals yeah. are the Bidwells. Okay. All right. All right. So now, getting closer to home and sometime probably this week, we're going to try to get us a guest out from Philadelphia. Uh, to talk about Carson Wentz. Perhaps Carson Wentz will end up with the Bears. Perhaps he'll end up with the Colts. Perhaps some other team will jump in there and pay a high and hefty price um, and, and steal him from both of those teams where he has a coordinator and a, a, a QB coach with the football with us and with uh, Frank Wright with um, Indianapolis is now their head coach. You know, I'm starting to feel like it's that Zoolander clip of, like, Will Ferrell. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, how does how Philly think, just because they're going to take a huge cap hit this year, that they should get the same deal for Matt Stafford or for Carson Wentz like Matt Stafford got with the Rams when Carson Wentz is always injured, he's been bad since 2017, mm-hmm. and he might be broken mentally. Mm-hmm. They key. think they deserve two first-round picks because they're taking a giant cap hit this year? Like, what? I didn't tell you to sign him. Nobody told you to go right. ahead and do it. That's on you. Listen, if, you, if, that, if that cap hit is so punitive to you, then keep him for next year and, and trade him out the next year where the hit isn't as bad right. as it is. There. Like, but what you're saying is spot on, spot on, Ryan. Listen, that's on you. I'm not going to give you – you should be sending me something because now I have right. to take on his salary moving forward. You know, like, it's, it's not one of those things where, like, for instance, like Deshaun Watson, I think if you get him – the first two years of that deal, because a lot of that money is, is probably in bonuses, it's like 15 to 18 mil annually. And then it starts to jump into the high 30s. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like, then it gets you to where it's like, well, this contract is a contract. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Carson Wentz is already hit. He's already hitting you with the four year extension that he got. I'm with you. It's it's and that's the real question as far as the Bears and, and, and Carson Wentz. What would you give up now? These are some of the things that we've heard. Uh, we've heard a first rounder, uh, uh, um, Nick Foles Nick and Tariq Foles. Cohen. Yeah, which Cohen shot down. I was yeah, I was send it to you. I was send it to you. I will. I won't say in a heartbeat because it's Carson Wentz, but I will still send it to you. I may take an hour. Right. I mean, like, let's, yeah. Let sit, Give me a let drink sit, first. Right. Yeah, like, let sit pull out the, the liquor out of the, the lower drawer and grab the glass. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like when um, someone texts you something and they want to they want a visceral a visceral reaction from you. And like you start texting back and you be like, hold up. Right. I'm going to hit send later. Right. I'm not going to give you what you wanted. Right. You wanted me to be right back at you and that tells you that you, you've accomplished your goal or your, your task, right? No, no, no. I'm going to put this phone down. I'm going to let that phone chill for a minute. I'll come back to it when I come back to it. That's how I would approach uh, making this deal uh, if we were just talking about Nick Foles or one and Tariq Cohen. I will, I, we all smoke a heart. Go ahead. Let me ask you, is there any... Uh, let's, let's just assume Trevor Lawrence is out, Justin Fields is out, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. is out. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to put Zach Wilson, because supposedly he's going third worst off the board in terms of quarterbacks, if you want to keep him there, that the Bears could trade up to get him, because that's kind of where I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody you would trade up for mm-hmm. in this draft versus Carson Wentz? You said his name. I would trade so you, up. You, you would rather him be the Bears quarterback in 2021 than Carson Wentz? For sure, for sure, for sure. And that's a rookie. I think I'm with that too. That's a rookie because one, I mean, listen, he's slight, but the kid can run and has a cannon for an arm with some flip on this. That's not a cannon. He got some spin rate on that bad joint, right? With some arm angles. Um, looking at this year, what he did in Utah, that he was kind of banged up. Um, yeah, I would take Zach Wilson because I don't have the mental issues that Carson, like you have to fix Carson. And it's not like a regular fix. Like he has a hitch in his giddy up. He has mental issues. I mean, there's, there's, there's seeming to be, if we can go back to after they won the Super Bowl, and there was rumors of players in the locker room felt closer or or, or felt more in line or akin to Nick Foles than they did to Carson Wentz. So he already hadn't connected to those guys. He was just the starter. But when they saw a lot of defensive player drama with him too. Yeah, it was outside Alshon too. I believe Alshon was was involved in some of that. So that's one part of it. Not the not connecting to the players. Then it's did him and Doug Peterson really really get along? Let's go back to the year after. Allegedly, he was upset at times that they were calling plays that they would call for Nick Foles, and he looked at those as being remedial. And he so he wanted them to call the stuff that in 2017 that was going to get him an MVP. He wanted more of that. But they but in some ways they found out the simplification of it got them into a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like just like for instance, like Tom Brady said, again going to the to, to the Tampa Bay, he said that basically at one point. We, I said, let's get rid of all this other stuff that's not working and let's just accentuate the stuff that works, right? In a way, you can say that's what the Doug Peterson and the Eagles were trying to do because they found out with the, the skill set and the players that they have, this works best and try to just have feature Carson Wentz as this perennial MVP that he it seemed like he was going to be in 2017 until uh, he blew his ACL. So that's, that's we're still not even getting, so that's we're, I'm building to this. And then we get into the last year and a half to where it's this 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 um, hero ball uh, reclamation project. Like it's just like and it's just like what's going on in your head that one. And, and of course, it has to do with the offensive line. His eyes are down like you you watch an Eagles game. You don't even have to watch the Eagles game. Watch the Eagles highlight. Right. And his eyes go down so quick with because they've had offensive line issues. And on top of that, they've had issues with their skill players and their receivers. He's last year. He really didn't have any receivers when he met. I think they made it to the playoffs. Were they the the winners of the worst conference award uh, last year? Did they make it to the playoffs? uh, They made it the year prior, not this past season. Not this past. I'm saying last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah. So last year and what he did, um, and he had an up and down year, pretty down, but to, to be able to pull that team together with the weapons he did not have, but still a lot of it seems to go back to what you said and his mental makeup. And then here, who do we have that we know is good with mentally repairing anyone? That's that's not Matt Nagy um, and, at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now, maybe, now maybe this, maybe Matt Nagy is – good with mental makeup and Mitch just wasn't the guy or Mitch Matt Nagy had been through so much with Mitch he was just tired it's like you know what you're not getting it and I'm I'm tired of hitching my boat like Sean McVay did to Jared Goff or, or whatever uh, but still we're asking a lot to think the Bears can fix something we have never seen the Bears in our lifetime fix a quarter the only quarterback 
And I don't know if you can say they fixed him because he was straight. They just had too many mid-tier quarterbacks with the Lions and with Ware and Rodney Pete is Eric Kramer. You know, and I don't, like that's the only guy brief time in in a Turner system that you know it was like he came he came from another team and at, at a point he played a little bit better here than he may have played there. You know what I'm saying? But like out of all the quarterbacks the Bears have traded for brought in. Uh, I mean, some of them, they were just down anyway. I, I remember when Cordell Stewart was coming here and for a second, we was like, man, yeah, man, we're going to have Cordell Stewart. And then it was so bad. Oh so, it, was, it was bad. I mean, just we've never seen it. And I, and I know these are other regimes, but just still saying the history of this team and how woeful they've been. I, I mentioned Sid Luckman. You, yeah, um, you said Sid Luckman. That's the still the star that's standard. The standard. That's the standard. And the crazy thing is, I think Sid Luckman had – 135 touchdowns, and then he's second to Kramer. But, I mean, not to Kramer, to, to, to Cutler. But listen, the thing, too. He's ahead of Cutler slightly. He had 132 interceptions. That's a hell of a lot of interceptions to be our standard. He was bearer. a running like, back. He wanted to not get his brains beat in, and he's your he's best quarterback. Here you go. Here you go. See you, man. Right? See you, man. Here you go. All right. Um, and, uh, what so do I care about interceptions? I got touchdowns, baby. What and I'll ask you this: uh, What what would you give up? We've heard they wanted two ones. Uh, I think we've even heard a, a Roquan Smith being a, uh, which is I know like when you really get listen, you really getting crazy, crazy. Now if you're telling me that I trade you Roquan for Carson Wentz straight up, and I mean I still wouldn't feel like Gucci about it, but it's still an inside linebacker, even though he seems like he may be a phenomenal inside linebacker for a quarterback who we may have a chance to fix. I would I, then we could maybe perhaps talk Roquan, and I still would be like, man, you need to slide me a little something. You can hit me with a third, you know what I'm saying? Slide me a little oil or something like that to get you some tin man from the Wiz. But for you, Ryan, what would you give up? What would you feel comfortable giving up realistically to acquire Carson Wentz? Well, definitely no way two first round picks. I mean, the first I feel is like about the limit, like one number one. I don't even think I'd even add extra draft picks unless they didn't want players and maybe throw in like, I mean, if they want a Stafford like deal, how about giving them a 2022 first round pick and just give them a third this year? I'd love that from the Bears. But I'm just I'm really hesitant about what to give away for Carson Wentz, especially when you have to eat a lot of money. I mean, that's again when it goes back to what I said with that crazy pills comment. Like, what you have to give up a ton of money. You have to give up assets. You're not supposed to give up both in a trade. You're supposed to get one or the other in a trade. You're not supposed to be taking on a huge contract, giving up a bunch of assets like draft picks, first rounders, and maybe your best young defender and whatever best young offensive player you have. Throw that in there and then throw me some extra picks. Like, Unless you're getting a shot Watson. Right. If you're getting a proven quarterback, but this dude has had so many issues and there's so many obvious issues. Like you said, how you documented everything. Like, I go back to that old saying where there's smoke, there's fire. Like there's been too much around Carson Wentz to not think that there's going to have to be some repair or rehabilitation that's going to happen here. That's a risk. And you're giving up two prime assets in picks. Well, I should say three picks, potentially players and money. 
Mm. You're giving all that up for already just a risk walking through the door. And then you throw on the fact Stu can't stay healthy. Mm. Like what good is he if he's on the bench? Like you could, you could go after Zach Wilson and his slight body and worry about his injury history. You don't know he's going to get injured. But with Carson Wentz, you kind of know he's going to get injured. Like, when has he played 16? Look, I'll say this to his list of other options. Um, Listen, me and you have been uh, Trey Lance guys. We've been pounding the table for Trey Lance. I don't know if Trey Lance can ever end up being what Carson Wentz, a mid-level Carson Wentz. And just from planning, even though he, listen, Carson Wentz, that's the school school Carson Wentz went to, right? ASU. Yeah, so we see. I, w- I would say he playing in a, a lower level, but hey, Carson Wentz did it, baby. The brother can do it now, but <laughs> you can do it. Now. But um, that that was our guy. But I mean, definitely Zach Wilson has jumped up. Uh, Justin Fields, just for playing in the Big Ten, is probably still going to go before uh, Trey uh, Trey Lance. I don't I, with Justin Fields. I I don't know how it would feel if they took Justin Fields as far like as if Wilson went maybe like. The second quarterback off the board. Yeah, and let's just say the Bears jumped in and went for. And, and this is another thing too. Let's we, we have to acknowledge because what the direct draft and I, I mentioned this before. The draft has been pushed back now, right? The draft is later, I believe, than what it used I to be. It's, it's, so. I believe it is later than what it used to be. I'll take a look. Okay. But when, because you would have to already allow all the quarterbacks that's playing musical chairs to find a seat, uh, at least the ones that are are, are really the, the ones that people are going after. You know, saying your Carson Wentz's. I, I don't know if we would put Jameis in this situation. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know if we put Teddy Bridgewater. The guys that you know uh, that may not be able to hold on to their own jobs um, where they're necessarily at. Um, you, you know, to- you brought up Jameis and. The draft is the 29th of April through May 1st. Okay. This okay. Year. Uh, what was it to years past? Do you know? It's usually about the 25th okay. of April. Okay. Uh, there was one year where they pushed it back really far. It was into May. And then I think that was just a one year off kind of thing. Uh, like instead of going crazy for Carson Wentz, because we know that Ryan Pace really liked Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you even consider just throwing a flyer at Marcus Mariota and signing maybe a Jameis and then drafting a young quarterback and just have a three headed go after it. Everybody's we'll approved the, it deal. The problem with that is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are on a win now basis. So but like Carson I, Wentz make you win now more than maybe Mariota and signing Winston. Yeah, he does. I think so. I mean, because like Mariota couldn't. I'm not saying he got a fair shake at it. He couldn't beat out Derek Carr, and they brought him there with with definitely eyeing the fact that perhaps you know we we you will beat out Carr, we'll deal Carr, and we'll have you until we draft a quarterback. Uh, James, listen, James, look what James' team did, and yeah, they they got some, they added some more to it. But look what James' team did without James this year; they won a Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because like, I'm with yeah, you, I definitely yeah, think Carson Wentz is than, a better player. But better player with that. Carson Wentz, you give up a first rounder, you don't get to draft a potential young quarterback. See, this is the thing. I'm with you. I would prefer. Now, this is my preference. This isn't necessarily what. Uh, the Eagles would like. I would prefer to give them next year's number one, and I would prefer yes. to draft a tackle at twenty this year. 
You know, like you have to get a tackle. You have to sit him on the right side for a little bit of time and then replace Leno with the tackle and hopefully replace him at the right side, either with a vet or maybe finally get put some more talent of draft equity and get another young right tackle. And that way you don't have to worry about that line as much moving forward. If you do have a good quarterback, the line won't be a worrier that you have to have moving, moving forward. Uh, so that's what I would necessarily do. But yes, if I had my druthers to have Marcus Mariota, or Jameis Winston and not use a first-round pick, I would probably prefer to just take a flyer with the first-round pick, preferably not this year on Carson Wentz because I've seen his ceiling. Their ceiling has not touched his ceiling in the NFL. You know, like in college, yeah. But in the NFL, that neither one of them has played to the level that Carson Wentz played to. And unfortunately, again, it was 2017, and that was four years ago, basically. So that's probably what I would, I would end up doing. Yeah, I I understand. I, I mean, for me, I would like them to draft a quarterback in the first round, but I understand the tackle argument. And if you were to go after and get Carson Wentz and find a way to still draft a tackle in the first round this year, I'd be pretty okay with that. Yeah, franchise Allen Robinson, like you would, that would give you as far as if you're saying, and none of us think they're going to like go to the Super Bowl or be really that good. But if you're saying this is the way you're trying to get ship tight as quickly as possible, yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like just everything on a fantasy. The, back, the, the bad part is you're taking on this huge Carson Wentz contract. You know what I'm saying? But outside of that, that will probably be the, mo- the soundest option uh, with the biggest upside, I think. And so that if we're looking at these two and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy as being on a win it now type of situation, that sounds probably like the best chance for them to really shake something, shake something up there at Alice Hall. I think that's that's where I'm struggling because you have to keep it within the prism of they're trying to win this year. So they have to get the best quarterback option to win this year when maybe drafting Zach Wilson and in a couple of years, he's the guy. But they might not be able to do that because they need to win right now. And you might have to go tackle automatically because who are you going to protect? Because if it is Nick Foles, let's say at quarterback you know this line can't protect him in a way that he can do anything so you have got to at least settle that and that's just where it's like ugh, you just start going down you're going down a rabbit hole but, listen, but this is the thing too ryan if you move up to get zach wilson you gave up that next year's number one you're not moving up from 20 in this draft without giving up this number one and next year's number one and probably some other picks, right? If not a player, like no one's going to let you jump from 20 into the, 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 the three or into, from somewhere from three to seven and you're not giving up two ones and now you don't even have two high ones. So you're, you're, we're not, you're not going to get that offensive lineman through the draft, especially let's say through the first round and, and perhaps the second round of the draft if you're jumping up to draft a quarterback. So again, if you're talking about solidifying that offensive line and bringing in uh, some superior arm talent. Not to say that we can say what's in his head. Um, it's probably the best option would be to use Carson Wentz and hopefully they will take on, they will take next year's number one instead of taking this year's number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best case. I, I just don't know what I like for the quarterback option the most personally. Cause I know going after Zach Wilson doesn't make a lot of sense for winning this year. So it's probably not going to happen. I don't but see I would prefer it. 
I prefer yeah. to have I prefer to have Zach Wilson play behind a woeful line for two years. Hopefully, he doesn't get David Card, not Derek, David Card from the Texans, and just get his brains beat out, and it's never the same. Hopefully, that doesn't take place, and then they build around him. But again, when the, when the head coach and the, the, the general managers their jobs are on the line. Hey, I don't know if they have time for that, but you know, let's, let's, let's see what we got real quick and with the segment, the best segment of the show with up for grabs. Do you have something for the up for grabs? No, I don't. Just <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's keep it with going with football and mm-hmm. let's start off with now that football is completely over. What are you going to be filling your sports viewing time with? Is it going to be with other sports, TV, family time, hobby? What do you got? Uh, Sports, uh, more basketball. I'm gonna transition more into basketball. Prepare for the MLB. Family time. Uh, try to get in some reading. And I, I haven't been playing video games. Um, I want to get into a little bit of gaming. You know what I'm saying? Just to get my my quick twitch back on point to where it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? So maybe some gaming, um, but uh, definitely some reading and, and hanging out with the family. You know, um, Sundays are open now. You know, if the weather gets nice, we can go and do some things. You know what I'm saying? Depending how uh, the pandemic affects or whatever. But that's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Yeah. While you're down here, Tippy, just maskless. <laughs> what you do for the Super Bowl, Ryan? What you do for the Super Bowl? I just stayed there. Okay, okay. I, I envisioned you with a few, a few partners of yours just hanging out, just breathing in each other's air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it goes down in Arizona. Uh, yeah, I, I think driving Lyft is going to be one thing for me because mm-hmm. Sundays will not be consuming my time. Uh, that's a off day for me. So I want that to just be a much more productive day in general, whether that's working out, mm-hmm. cleaning, you know, just whatever, whatever it is that's maybe a little bit more productive than just sitting and watching football every single Sunday during the course of the season. Okay, what you got next? My next question is about the Super Bowl. And why do you think this was the lowest rated Super Bowl since 2007? I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't actually, I didn't know that, um, to be honest with you. Um, I don't, I, you know what? I know. People couldn't get together. You didn't have, is it, so I, I put it like this. I, I wonder since the Super Bowl is usually like a holiday and people congregate with one another, the right. amount of people, like you still saw people did it regardless, but you didn't have as many people doing it. So therefore, people that only watch the Super Bowl when they're congregating probably didn't turn to the Super Bowl compared to when like they're usually watching the Super Bowl, they're getting a gathering and they're watching the Super Bowl. So I, I would think that had to play a part in it. But um, as do you far think... As- like those people that don't congregate, so they're not going to watch it anyways. Like right. they're not going to count towards the TV ratings because they're going to be at someone else's place. And that person that's hosting is still going to watch. Maybe. It's not a party. Maybe. All right. Maybe. But then also, let me put it like this while I'm coming up with this on the fly. Usually when you go to a Super Bowl party, they had a Super Bowl on multiple multiple televisions in their house. Now, I don't know how the Nielsen rating goes with if it's the household or if it's individual televisions. You know what I'm saying? But but listen, also, right, you don't have bars. Yeah. So, like, here in Chicago, like, I I, I, don't have bars. You don't have, have, like, think about how many states you don't have bars to to have people in in the bar, how many TVs are on. So, I mean, I think the pandemic and not being able to gather uh, factored in a lot with it. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, see, I'm here in the bubble of Arizona, so we don't deal with it. Yeah, we, we do what we do. <laughs> we, have, we do what we do now. Here, man. We it's pretty it. crazy. Like, it, COVID does not exist out here, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you left and went to the, the wonderful land of Arizona where there's no COVID. It's COVID. For, you're not worried about the AstraZeneca. You're like, AstraZeneca is AstraZeneca, right? Like, who cares? Wait, there's a virus? What virus? <laughs> <laughs> Computer? My act? Oh, 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 my man, last um, uh, up for grabs. Uh-huh. I'm going to switch over to some basketball. Uh, kind of a larger Bulls question. Bulls have lost a lot of close games this year. Just lost 105-101 to the Wizards last night without Russell Westbrook. Is that a step in the right direction towards becoming a winning team? Or does this speak more to this other way where it's like another sign of this thing just has to get blown up? Um, No, I think it's a step in the right direction. That still doesn't mean... I don't know about blown up, but as far as how many of these players will be here in two to three seasons, um, you didn't have the opportunity to be in as many close games last year because you didn't play well enough to be in it at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? So, and also, this is another thing too. Billy Donovan did not get the rookie. The rookie didn't get a, a summer summer league. Billy Donovan didn't get a regular preseason and a regular training camp to implement. What what he he didn't even get the usual amount of times that you have where the, the Bulls players are in a facility and he can just even before a training camp would start get to know them and start to implement his system and stuff like that. So I'm saying this all to say that what Billy Donovan has done in this truncated situation when you don't have access to the players as much, I think he's done a really good job so far because he didn't get what you usually get when you're a new coach coming into a situation like this, especially for a team that had been poorly coached. Uh, so I think it's a step in the right direction yeah i uh i see what you're saying i'm i don't know i'm just really just down on the bulls right now and it's not that i don't think that there's growth and they've been bad just like laurie going down wendell going down i just don't know like certainly in a vacuum laurie kind of has those tantalizing flashes but we just know it's so fake because it doesn't right. sustain. Kobe White, I think, he's a he's a really good player, but Kobe White's going to have some deficiencies defensively, and he's not a point guard, so mm-hmm. he's going to have to kind of develop his game. And I like Kobe White; don't want to say anything negative and say we got to get rid of him or anything like that. But is that a guy where you look at at the trade deadline? If if teams are willing to give you some serious assets for some of these guys, do you just pull the trigger and not even think twice about it? The only two players that and you have the only two players that are quasi I don't want to say untouchable because they don't have players on here good enough to be untouchable but you think that they value the most unless you're getting a crazy haul for Zach which really you need to add a star to Zach somebody that could be and I know this is harder it's easier said than done to be the one and Zach be to be and Patrick Williams everybody else to be honest with you they they can be traded you know what I'm saying? Like there's, I mean, and they, I mean, and again with those two players, if you came to me with the hall, like you was like, listen, I didn't know in the draft that Patrick Williams had this type of talent. I'll give you the world. You can have him, all right. And the same if you came with the crazy hall for Zach, you could have him. But outside of those two players, as, as building blocks right now, like high end, what is Kobe White high end? You know what right. I'm saying? That's what I'm wondering. What's Larry high end? What's Wendell yeah, like, high end? And a lot of these guys 
high end parts of them seem like they'd be great players coming off the bench. Maybe a healthy window uh, could be a, a, a no nonsense center. You know what I'm saying? That is definitely effective and, you know, could get a close to a double double, but nothing where it's like fearful or we build our game plan around. You watch out from his rim protection. You know, so when we get right. into the lanes, watch out for window. You know what I'm saying? Like, or his ability to switch off and like, man, he closes out, boy. You got, it's like, it's, 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 it's nothing super like that. But most of these guys seem now like high end bench players. Like, I mean, not to say that they can't be starters, but they can, their versatility in, in, in a bad way allows it to be like, you know, I, I can get this coming off the bench and perhaps use a player that has a more defined role or has more talent uh, to be the starter. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where they're trending to. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. None of these guys are untradeable. Um, but yes, those guys that we looked at as, as being shining lights, you got to be realistic. I, you know, I've been on window for a minute as far as he gets a pass in this city. Uh, he's too, he, he gets injured way too much and he hasn't, and I, partially that's why his, his, his skill set hasn't developed due to his injuries. But still, you know, if it was anybody else, people would be getting on him, you know, uh, and Laurie just, Laurie's doing all this. One thing, friend of the show, Donald Marbury, Mayberry always talks about, in um in the athletic is it's his contract. I mean, this isn't he have to talk about. We used to, when I was growing up, people doing doing well in their contract year was looked was frowned upon in a way. Like if you hadn't been living up to it, then all of a sudden your contract year you start snapping. It was like, come on now, dog. So I mean, right. I had a lot of faith in Lord, but I, I, it would just be biased over, over over me liking him in the past and being a realist. Realist being a realist. He'll never be the player that we thought he could be in his rookie season. It 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 it'll, it will never happen. I don't even have a problem saying that he'll never consistently be that type of guy. He doesn't have the type of fire in himself to night in and night out go out there and the dog and him to just dominate in the ways that his skill set would would allow him to. Yeah, I agree. I, I just. I like where the Bulls are headed. I just don't like the pieces on the court right now and how they're kind of meshing together. But now, are they even meshing? Because here we go again with the injuries. Listen, they're they're, they're playing. Listen, they've had some bumps. Um, they had some. They got let some losses get away, like their Orlando the first Friday night. But then you look what they did the Saturday night. Um, no, dude, they're they're trending in the right one. They're hurt now. Are right, you look at Wendell being now and Wendell Wendell is important. You know what I'm saying? Thaddeus Young is out. Like guys who they started to depend on. Thaddeus Young was doing his thing a little bit. Yeah, you know, Thaddeus, Thaddeus, Thaddeus was doing it. Thaddeus was like so they they've gotten hurt uh, and they they're missing a lot of guys. And through the year through the COVID, they've been missing guys too. But no, they're trending in the right direction. But one, I, I think the real question is, do we put the failures of the past regime on this regime with hastening the pace, or do we let them organically do what they need to do to stay in contention for a, a long duration of time moving forward? And you know, those Reinsdorfs, they want that building filled when they can get people back in there. So they want to win soon. Well, this is why this is, but this is good to suck, right? Like you may as well suck now when nobody's coming in there. Right. You know, and get it out the way. So right now it's time to take the hits and the, the misses and hopefully next year when things open back up, you can be providing. We know that along in the United Center, they they get, they get, get a great product, but on the floor, you can provide a great product. But this is the time to do it. And I mean, as of right now, we still believe in Mark Eversley and uh, Arturis Karnasovas. No doubt. 
All right. We definitely and we always appreciate it. Make sure you check out Flip and Friends. Ryan, great job. Everybody be safe. Don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Um, and uh, just shovel your snow. <laughs>